Cape Talk. Join the conversation. And now, Consumer Talk with Wendy Nola. So we welcome back uh, consumer journalist Wendy Nola uh, to the studio. Uh, she's uh, with us this week, of course, and it's an open line uh, where you can call in at half past one with any consumer query, 021-446-0567, uh, 31567 on the SMS line, or, of course, you can find us on WhatsApp. Leave us a voice note, 072-567-1567. Welcome back, Wendy. Thank you, Sarah J. So gift vouchers, that's, yep. uh, that's the topic of, of the day. Big business. It is a big business. In fact, two Christmases ago, my research revealed, and I couldn't find anything more current, but it was estimated that 18% of all festive season retail spend was generated by gift card transactions. Various forms, electronic gift cards uh, being punted to retailers as a way to, quote, unlock an untapped revenue stream and usher in a flow of new customers. So that's how it's obviously, it's obviously all good for the retailers, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the end of 2016, Standard Bank revealed that there'd been a 54% year-on-year growth sure. in, in prepaid gift cards and that on average 55,000 gift cards are sold in the country every month, generating 110 million rand in sales value. Again, that's the most, those are the most recent stats I could um, get uh, right now, but it does give you some idea of the scale of this Enormous. and what it's worth to, to retailers. Yeah, Absolutely. And obviously it's a concept that works for retailers, but what are the benefits for consumers? So the giver gets to avoid buying the wrong thing yes. as a gift. <laughs> um, you know, it's often said, you know, that's a boring, you know, cop a out. lazy way Exactly. To go. But really, mm. I mean, I, I would rather get a gift box than the wrong would. gift. Uh, and the recipient then gets to buy what they like. And if it's, for example, a Woolies gift card, that could be groceries in a bad month and nobody would need to know. True. So there is that, that choice and the fact that, you know, it minimizes the chance of, of, of the wrong gift uh, being exchanged. Standard Bank says part of the reason for the surge in gift card purchases is innovation. So whereas in the past you would get the little paper voucher from a specific store or at best a voucher that you could use maybe in another branch of the same store, but it was quite limited. Now you can buy a gift card for the recipient to redeem in any store in a whole shopping mm. center. So that's, you know, magnifies the choice there. But one statistic that's not as happily banded about, bandied about is what percentage of those vouchers are not redeemed. My research puts it at between 10 and 20% worldwide. Sure, that's a lot of unearned cash exactly mm. that's the, and and a lot of companies have actually got very used to that unearned cash however they account for it in their in their books um but here's the thing i would love to know what percentage of non-redemption in this country happens not because of the obvious things that the cards or vouchers were lost thrown away by mistake or just forgotten about but due to the fact that some retailers are making their vouchers valid for just three or six months and illegally denying mm. consumers the right to redeem them. In other, in other words, when the person goes after uh, four months or seven months and wants to redeem, they're told, sorry for you. And the problem with that is that since April 2011, which is eight years by my calculation, the Consumer Protection Act has required retailers to make prepaid gift vouchers, cards, etc., valid for three years. In fact... I was following this thing years back when it was still a bill, and it was actually five years. And the industry said, don't be ridiculous. That's just, we can't, mm-hmm. not five years. Uh, three months to five years is too big a leap. So they settled on three years, and that is the law. 
because the legislators felt, quite rightly in my view, that it was grossly unfair for retailers to take money from someone and then just a few months later say, sorry for you, you snooze, you lose. Absolutely. And and bye-bye. As, as one um, Cape Tonian once very colourfully said to me, my money doesn't expire in the till. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. They've, they've had it. They've, they've benefited. Yeah, Interest, absolutely. whatever you want to say. I mean, sure. and I, we talked about the, the um, extent of spend on gift vouchers earlier, so it's a lot of money. Um, in my experience, as somebody who f- gets a lot of complaints from people who haven't been able to redeem their gift vouchers, the big national chains and the shopping centres are getting it right. I went in and checked a lot of their a lot of the, the terms and conditions, and they all say valid for three years. So that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in the smaller, the little spas, the tattoo parlours, those sorts of places that act as if the CPA either doesn't exist or doesn't apply to them mm. because they're special. Mm. I'm pretty sure then that some people who were given gift vouchers, let's say at Christmas, would be told if they tried to redeem them today, mm. too late. We're sorry, into month four six, now, five. sorry yeah. for you. Um, and the thing is, a lot of them, when challenged, will say, but we, we're very lenient. You know, we'll extend it. Number one, it shouldn't be done as a favor. Like, mm. you've done, I'm doing you a special favor here when it's their legal right. And, and then I get people saying, yeah, but, you know, if they've, if they'd come in a reasonable time, like within the year, then we would have. But I mean, to come after a year, that's just ridiculous. And I go, um, don't shoot the messenger here, but it's actually the law. The law. Mm. No, 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 that's not fair. That's that's what I get to. Which brings us <laughs> happily to the case study. Yes. Okay. Tell us. Okay. So Ashley Burrell received a thousand rand voucher from Cape Town Tattoo Parlor Palm Black for her birthday in December 2017, which was marked valid for three months for various reasons involving um health issues in her f- immediate family she uh, didn't redeem uh, within those three months when she did try to redeem it this month on her mother's birthday her mother having recently passed away after a battle with cancer she was told that she couldn't she, well of course legally that voucher remains valid until december next year mm-hmm. 2020 so as she wrote an email to the company pointing out that section 63 of the CPA. She did this all without my help or intervention. She mm. just looked it up. Section 63 of the CPA stipulates that prepaid vouchers must be valid for three years. It was still a no from Palm Black after that email. And the receptionist responded like this. We are understanding. And if you'd contact us bef- contacted us before the voucher was up and asked for an extension, we would have given you a month or two extension. But I'm afraid contacting us a year after the voucher has expired is too late. So Ashley and I had a chat about this, and she said, you know, the tattoo industry can be very intimidating, and there are many studios that thrive on enforcing their arrogance and elitism in a very subjective market, and at the end of the day, the consumer is unknowingly being taken advantage of. That was her outtake. Mm, you can mm. imagine th- the thousand rand for something that was very personal to her and special to her, um, but she was just told that money is now forfeited. Um, I'm still. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Mm. I'm still not sure the the grounds upon which, the basis upon which, uh, the the retailer in this case, the tattoo parlour, is saying it's invalid. What to, to they think that their terms and conditions is Jay? 
um, override that of the law or that the law is wrong or that it doesn't apply to them. But in, but in terms of just, just literally the idea of I've exchanged, I, I've given you money for a service, why would it make any difference to them having received no, that because money to, to just give the tattoo, to do they, the tattoo? they haven't properly accounted for it, so that money's come in and been spent and now it feels like they're giving a free service. I've got another case today mm. from a Randburg uh, one of those Thai spa places. Mm, mm. It was issued a while ago. It was issued in August 2016. And now they're saying, um, it's just if they lost it or forgot about it, found it in a jacket pocket or something, as one does. And, and no, absolutely not. And she said that what the law is no. So that's a case I'm going to be taking up sure. when we go off air. But that, it Sorry. is very mm. rough in, in this particular industry. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so where were we? Um, yeah, so... Um, yes. Sorry, as, so, as Ashley yeah. says... And, and it's what an interesting one. She said they seem to think that because they're artists, they get to make their own rules. And mm. and I came across this when I did a phone around to tattoo parlors in Cape Town, which I'll get to in a bit. Right. Okay. But sticking with this this initial case, I did speak to Palm Black owner Raul Chutza, who said it was not his at- intention to act outside of the law. He said I completely understand where you and Ashley are coming from. I've been in the industry though for ten years, and this is the first issue I've had with the voucher. He said we usually extend the validity if someone comes with an expired voucher, but to come more than a year later is a bit tricky. And that seems to be the common feeling in the industry. Um, they seem to think, and, and, and as I say, this is not an isolated case. This is the norm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how my phone around went in a bit. But you know, legally, you have to redeem the voucher. But even after Ashley pointed that out and pasted the relevant section of the CPA into email, he refused. Raul told me that he found it very in your face of Ashley to quote the law at him. Oh, come off it. Ashley wasn't at all confrontational about it, though. I mean, and even if she had been, but she wasn't. The, her exchange with the receptionist was via email, and it went like this. I feel absolutely heartbroken having to drag legalities into this, but the voucher was issued on the 6th of December 2017, which makes the period less than the three years, and according to the Consumer Protection Act, it should still be honoured. Please let me know if there's any way to make an exception as per the... Accountability stated in section 63. More than happy to chat about this telephonically if you'd like to give me a call. Please, please, <clears> Wendy, <throat> tell me that you have a happy outcome for yes. Ashley because I'm feeling aggrieved on her behalf. Yeah, I, um, yes, as did I. So, yes, happily, uh, Raul and I had a, had a very nice chat and he came across as the very nice chap that he is reputed to be in the industry. He's reconsidered. The voucher is to be honoured and Ashley's tattoo is to go ahead. Obviously, it's too late for her mom's birthday, which was last week, but it is going to go ahead. And to get to that little bit of research I did, mm, Esther, mm. so I, I phoned several, I basically uh, Googled best tattoo parlors in Cape Town, right. and then I started to phone. So I wanted the bigger, more... I want you to you show know. me the top of your arm later and see if you've got <laughs> <that>. mum written. <laughs> and um, uh, so I'm not going to go into all the details. So for us to say that this is, an, is very widespread, I did not find one that um, issued uh, vouchers valid for three years. And, and, sure. and get this, they're not 50 rand vouchers. Hey? They, no, I, one sure. told me 3,000 rand was quite normal. Whew, that's a lot of money too. Yeah. Right. So um, I didn't find another one. It was a little, validity was as, li- as little as three months. Most said six months. Okay. Um, two of them said one year and felt that was very generous. I suppose within the industry standard, it mm. probably is. One sounded... Um, absolutely amazed that there was such a law regulating the validity of, of gift vouchers. Some were um, fairly dismissive, I have to say. One kept repeating, 
okay, as I was repeatedly, as I was saying, as if I was talking absolute nonsense, and mm. actually, can you just get off the phone? Mm. Um, one tattooist himself, I mostly spoke to front desk people, but one tattooist I spoke to when I pointed out that the vouchers had to be valid for three years legally, he said, well, I think that a one-year validity period, which is what we have, and it turns out that isn't even on their voucher. Their voucher was blank. But anyway, they said they they make it valid for a year. I mean, I think that's totally fine. He said, jaywalking's illegal, right? But most of us do it anyway, which oh, is yeah. a bit of an odd <laughs> analogy. He says, and if someone quoted the law to me, I would find that very threatening. And I hadn't told him about the other case. So this is obviously something in the industry. You don't come at me and start telling me what the law is because that's actually very threatening and uh, in my face. This is uh, fascinating for for me. If that somebody in the industry was given um, a gift voucher for, let's just say, um, uh, Cavendish Square, right, mm. at Christmas, mm. and in – July, they went to redeem and were told, sorry, it's expired. They might just do a bit of Googling and say, actually, you can't just take this money and find that completely unreasonable, not to mention illegal. And how dare you deny me my rights? Well, these things work both ways. Um, so, so yeah. And, and, and actually, the, it's the person that redeems late that loses out if the voucher is in a monetary amount. So yeah. a thousand rands worth of ink, you're going to get less of a tattoo. <laughs> Now, yeah. then in three years' time, if you, if you held on to it. And what's actually happened in the industry is, that, like for spas and that kind of thing, their regulatory body said, don't issue, when this new, when the, when the act came in, don't issue back massage or, or facial, whatever, because if they redeem after two, two and a half years, they're going to lose out because their prices have of gone course, up. So rather, mm. it's less, you know, you've got to tell the person what you've spent, mm. but rather make it out to 400 rand or whatever, then the customer loses out. And not the salon. I just want to read a quick message that's uh, come in from uh, Greg, who says, as far as I've been advised, uh, bargain books gift vouchers never expire. Well, good for them. Good. Yes, I didn't know that. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for that, Greg. Excellent stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, as you say, it, it is the customer who loses out if, if vouchers are made out to um, if vouchers made out to a certain monetary amount. Yes, are, as we are, said, yeah. So there's no there's more of an incentive for the customer to use it quickly. But the fact is that the legislators felt that it wasn't fair to say you cannot uh, redeem um, up until three years. I have a lot of people, incidentally, who come to me with vouchers that are more than three years old, and I have to say, you know, that is a long time. And at some point, the, the retailer, unless you bargain books, apparently, yeah. has to reach a, has to be able to reach the point that they say, look, fair is fair. You had three years to redeem it, and we, we were not. And even, sometimes some do, but, you know, generally, three years... You've got three years, and yeah. after that, sorry. What advice can you share with the consumers listening in now? Okay, so if you're a business, you do not have to issue uh, gift vouchers. If you do, make them legal. That is valid for three years. If you don't do so, if, if, if you're issuing a voucher that says valid for six months, um, your customers may just question what other aspects of your business you are being lax about. I think that mm. is a very fair comment. Yeah. Any business who decides yeah. they're not going to comply with one aspect of the law because it doesn't suit them, what else aren't you finding suitable to yeah. you? Um, and to um, companies, um, always query the validity of a, of a gift card. Sorry, did I say companies? To consumers, if you're buying one for somebody, query the validity of the of, of the card or the voucher and check that there's a recording of it. If, if I wouldn't accept one that had nothing on it mm, um, yeah. because you want to know what they consider to be, whether it's legal or not. 
Um, and if it's valid for anything less than three years, get them to change it. And if they won't, don't do that to your loved one or friend. Yeah. Get, you know, give them a gift voucher that they're going to have a fight about if they don't redeem in three months Absolutely. or whatever. And then I loved this while I was researching his chair. I found a paper written by a Dan Horn, um, who's in the marketing department of Providence College in Rhode Island, USA. He did a whole paper on unclaimed gift vouchers and the motivations from both sides and how companies dealt with them and everything. And he said, claims that retailers get money for nothing on unredeemed gift cards are illusionary. The actual costs of non-redemption are quite high because the retailer misses the opportunity to bring both existing and importantly Hmm. new customers in. And I like this part, which is very true, and I see it all the time. And brand equity may suffer if consumers feel that retailers have taken advantage of them. Brand equity damage can grow exponentially if media, hello, (laughs) and governmental interests step into the fray. And I wanted to just say on that note, if you were denied the right to redeem a gift voucher, which was paid for and issued less than three years previously, you can let me know, of course, as always, and we'll give you the details later, or lodge a complaint with the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, who are very efficient and will put their link to the exact online complaints form on the blog. Yeah. Uh, It's nearly time for the uh, half past headlines, but uh, don't forget from half past one, we're taking your uh, calls and questions and I see all your messages coming in. We will get to those, uh, as I say, after uh, the uh, headlines at 1.30. We're talking gift vouchers with consumer journalist Wendy Nola this afternoon. You can give us a call on 021-446-0567. Drop me an SMS to 31567 uh, or a voice note, of course, to 072-567-1567. So, Kim, I see your message Spencer, I see yours also. Uh, we will get you, as I say, uh, after the uh, headlines at one thirty. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. You can call us now on 021-446-0567. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Jane King in for Pippa Hudson this week. It's 25 minutes to two. Uh, and if you're just tuning in, we're joined by our consumer expert, Wendy Nola. And if you have uh, any consumer-related questions, uh, please do give us a call, 021-446-0567. Uh, drop us an SMS to 31567 uh, or a WhatsApp, of course, 072-567-1567. OK, and we've been talking uh, so far this hour about gift vouchers and the validity of etc. etc. Michelle's on the line from Comicy. Michelle, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Hi. Hi there. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say uh, just two things. Um, the first being... Um, surely this would just be, even though it's a bit of an annoyance, uh, a quick in and out of the small claims court. And if it were, um, who would have to um, be the complainant? Uh, would it be the, the purchaser or, or the oh, recipient? Oh, I see. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I think it would be the recipient, Michelle, um, because that's um, they have they own the right to the service. In other words, it's been given to them. The benefit exists Yes, they're them. the beneficiary. Mm. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yes, it, I, I would possibly like to know, it would vary from case to case, we say quick in and out. The ombudsman has a pretty, um, if it's an, a simple case and doesn't require a huge amount of investigation, their turnaround is also pretty good as well. Um, so it's a, it's a toss-up. You do you can go to a consumer journalist, you can go online, uh, social media, you can go to small claims court. Um, yeah, there are options. So small claims court's yeah. new maximum is 20,000 rand, so that should cover most um, vouchers. That's a few tattoos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but this, and, uh, because I, I think I'd rather take that route because the last person I'd like to work on me is a reluctant tattoo artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in this case, I'm pretty sure things will go swimmingly. Um, but yes, I take your point. Good one, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much for your call, Michelle. Great to have you uh, listening in. Uh, Candice is on the line from the CBD. Candice, you've got a query um, about uh, a property fee. Yes. Um, hi. We moved into an estate, um, say, two years ago. And when we, or upon purchasing, we weren't advised, to my knowledge, that we are, we're going to be part of some greater property, property ownership association. And after a year of being in our place, we then got told we now have to pay a fee towards this property um, ownership association, which we hadn't been paying anything towards for the first year of being there. And I just want to know, I mean, if it wasn't disclosed to us when we purchased our property, I mean, do we have to pay that amount? Because apparently when I queried it, it was registered and approved by the city, the External Property Owners Association, in 2015 or sometime before. So there was just a lack of disclosure. Yeah, something like that. Um, It is a tricky one because normally with no disclosure that you would be within your rights to say, you know, this is now a unilateral decision that you've made on my behalf that you're now wanting me to pay. And I would imagine um, it's a fairly um, uh, hefty amount. What are they asking you to pay now? No, for me, it's not a hefty amount, although the amount is in dispute. But, I mean, we're quite a large complex, so the amount gets watered down quite a bit per unit. But, I mean, regardless of the fee, I don't think it's right that a year later, and, I mean, Hard, can I even dispute my purchase a year later if they didn't disclose this that if, year before? If, I mean, I, if you were part of a complex, though, you must surely have been paying some kind of body corporate amount for. Yeah, sure. So that so that's for within our estates, which is fine. That's yes. part of our levies and whatever. But now this is a property association in the greater. Okay, no, that you wouldn't. Area. No, I would. Uh, if you, you could either email me, or there is the um, Ombud for Community Schemes. It's a fairly new Ombud scheme for the, just this sort of dispute, Candice. Um, if, okay. If you um, go online, they're pretty e- easy to find. Just Google CSOS. A lot of people asking okay. me about a levy, an extra levy, and that's actually to pay for that service. So all the bodies corporate pay in, and and it's a free service to consumers who complain about just your sort of thing. Um, you're welcome okay. to copy me as well um, on that all email right. and just keep me posted with what happens. Yeah, because I'd like to, because they also, they, you know, our body corporate now are just charging us to be on our levy statement, but it wasn't an amount that was approved within our budget. So no, I'm also that's... not understanding how they are, able to actually do that mm. for me it should be on a separate invoice because it's, it's not part of an approved budget it just came in it sounds know? very unilateral yeah. and and badly yeah. handled to me so i'd like to look into that a bit a bit more if okay. you can get hold of me thank you very much thanks, thanks for the information i'll do that thanks candice good luck with okay. that candice thanks so much for your call let's go to bulalani who's in langa uh, bulalani welcome to the show thanks so much for joining us what's your question for wendy uh, Wendy, I bought um, some earpiece, earpiece uh, for um, a phone. Yes. Uh, I asked the lady in store if it's for audio and everything, uh, but it looks like it's only for calls. But so uh, it does not do what I wanted to do. But my question now, my sister, is I bought this thing on the 19th of uh, March. Yes. Uh, it says, yeah, uh, final date for out-of-box failure returns is 2503. 
<laughs> you see, this is another case, Bulalani, where the retailer has just decided that the CPA is for everybody else and they're going to do uh, their policies are going to be what suits them. So what yeah. the Consumer Protection Act says is that you have um, six months to return a product that is either defective or not fit for purpose. You have a little bit more of a battle here than if the product was broken because what you have to prove is that the product was missold to you. So you asked if it was um, for all audio, and it, as it turns out, it's only for calls. So yeah. you, so to my mind, and certainly in terms of the act, it, mis, it does cover mis-selling as well. So it's not fit for purpose. It's not fit for the purpose they told you it was. So, yeah. so um, you need to take it back. Well, I don't need to. I suggest that you take it back and say, the five-day thing does not apply. It's not legal. It doesn't comply with the CPA. You're welcome mm-hmm. to tell them that that you know that you've taken you've had this um, advice, and then just email me if they with all the details, the name of the company, and your slip and everything. If they're still unwilling to take it back. I get a lot of these complaints, by the way, of mis-selling, especially with electronic stuff. I can think back to three purchases I've made recently that I've thought yeah. that was missold, and I actually haven't bothered to go back because I you, thought, I don't have a leg to stand it's on. It's difficult to prove, but I, I think it's more consumers... Said, said, isn't it? Yes, it is, and, and there's no proof of that conversation, mm. Bulalani. You didn't record it. It wasn't written down. So next yeah. time, if that happens, I always say, if you get advice from a salesman, yes, it will do this and this, just get them to write it down or record them or something because mm. then, you, then you have the proof you need if, you, if, you want, if it's not what they said. All right. Thank you very Good much, luck. my sister. Okay. So welcome. Thank Thanks so much, Bulalani. Uh, Edwina's uh, on the line. Edwina, great to have you uh, tuned in. Uh, you've got a comment about gift cards, gift vouchers. Yes, um, I was fortunate enough to be in the States in, this, in June in 2015 and my sister-in-law gave me a gift voucher but it worked like a card, like a Visa card and you could use it at any store, at any mall and it was valid for 10 years. Wow, so I sure. have a few more years to go, you know, a few more trips before I can actually <laughs> That's wonderful. And, that ag- fantastic? and again, Edwina, you're the one that loses out the longer you take to redeem because that money is going to buy you less and less with each year that goes by. But that's fine. That's you've, got, you've, got, um, you've got the use of that money. So the money remains... Th- it's it's static at the amount that was purchased, yeah. but it remains um, for you to use for 10 years. And that obviously... They must have found, those retailers or that retail group must have found that that works for them. You know, that stimulates purchases for situations such as yours. That's a wonderful bit of feedback. Thank you so much. So would that have been, Edwina, would that have been, uh, or or Wendy, would that have been from a large retail group that that's come from? Or how how would that work? Yeah, that's a good question. Was it a a, a group of supermarkets? I mean, uh, shopping centers? it's it's a card you get it in a you know like a normal gift card yeah. but you could purchase it at any store so i think it because it worked like a visa card yeah, okay, i think maybe all the malls yes. kind of you know it's a, so you that's why you could redeem it anywhere i could go to the pharmacy to the supermarket anywhere i could uh, use it okay that's an obviously yeah, a huge that's a very american thing so they've taken the concept that we have here of the shopping centers and it actually is a kind of it's a bank card mm, mm. Um, and then they have just extrapolated out and all these big, 
retail groups have bought into it. So it gives the consumer this huge choice and then you'll spend more because as a gift to someone special or whatever, and then they can use it over 10 years anywhere they want. You can see the freedom in that. Absolutely. I love yes, this idea. It's a lovely Fantastic. Idea. Edwina, thanks so much for your call. Never heard of that. All Fascinating right. stuff. Uh, if you are just joining us, uh, Wendy Nola is with us, of course, uh, and is taking your consumer-related questions. Still plenty of time uh, to get your questions into us. 021-446-0567. Uh, drop us a text to 31567 or a WhatsApp to 072 Hi, Wendy and uh, Sarah-Jane. Um, I recently lost out on a Daddy's Deal voucher, which was only uh, valid for three months. And it was a massage and I just circumstances where I just couldn't get there in that three months. And they absolutely refused to honor it. Would this law apply to that as well? Thanks. Linda in Claremont. Thank you, Linda in Claremont for that question. Um, it's, it's very valid to the, to the, um, gift voucher, um, um, discussion. So first of all, which I, I should have said earlier, um, the CPA law about the three years only applies if it's prepaid. Okay. I'm getting to your special case one now. So if a, your loyalty scheme, decides to issue a voucher to you for your based on your spend or if you win um, a gift voucher and some kind of prize a lot of online competitions in fact tattoo um, vouchers are quite commonly given out as prizes then they can make the validity whatever they want ah. because it's not prepaid right mm. it's when somebody pays the for the full amount up front so the um this issue that you're describing, Linda, came up when Groupon burst onto the retail scene. Um, and I remember going to the um, consumer, um, umba, the sorry, the National Consumer Commissioner for guidance on this. And it was decided that these um, group discount buying schemes fell into two, between two stools. One was your, your three-year um Section 63, three-year validity on a prepaid voucher, and the other one was special promotion. So obviously it wouldn't have mm. been fair for, say, a, a, a steak. You, you buy a voucher for, um, I don't know, 70 rand, and three years' time you want to go and redeem the same sure. steak. Mm. It's not going to it's not going to work for the, for the restaurant, obviously. So um, a compromise that came up, and I know that Groupon was doing this. Groupon is no more. Mm. Um, and perhaps it's time I did another phone around to see what the ones that still exist are doing because the commissioner felt that what was fair, and I agree, is if you don't use your voucher within the stipulated time and it's usually three months is the norm, then the um, the company, in this case Daddy's Deal, um, would give you a credit and sort of an online credit for you to use that spend within the three the next three years on another offer. So you didn't forfeit the whole amount. Right. Okay, so you couldn't you still insist mm. that you wanted whatever Linda you bought for whatever that daddy's deal voucher was was for, you would lose that, but that you, you you would basically have a credit for the amount you spent and from the day that you spent it on that particular voucher that you then didn't redeem, it would be valid with for another three years for you to redeem on or towards another voucher, which so I think is it's a, a compromise. The traditional gift voucher yes. in that sense. In the yes, mm. but that it was fair to the retailer who was then mm. not expected to hold a special offer on a particular product or service for three long years, which defeats the object of a special offer. Mm. So that was the compromise. That was considered fair. And um, I wouldn't, I'll certainly 
look into what the existing players now are doing because I don't that wouldn't fall in line with what the commissioner um, recommended yeah, that yeah. those schemes do if someone doesn't um, redeem within three months. And th- somebody else had messaged in as well. Does the three-year voucher law apply to those daily deals websites like so that? Answers that. That's that done. Uh, okay. Uh, so um, who else did we have? Kim. Uh, hi, Sarah Jane. Please ask Wendy to include whether an accommodation voucher issued as a prize uh, for a raffle fundraiser or golf yeah. day can have a condition. Uh, that they be taken up in off-season with those dates being specified as well as giving an expiry date. Is this valid for us to include this as a prize awarded as an accommodation establishment? We, too, uh, give the value of the voucher. The voucher is not paid for. It is a prize, unless it was a raffle, which the prize winner has paid an entry for. No, so I answered that, um, and I think it wouldn't be fair to um, (laughs) apply that Section 63 uh, to, to prizes. So... Only if it's prepaid. Your, your traditional voucher, if a voucher is given as a prize, you reserve the right to impose whatever terms and conditions on it that you see fit. Okay. Um, let's go to where we've got another one. Uh, is it legal? This is um, something about lay-by payments. Is it legal for shops to take your lay-by payments if you can't pay on one of the deadline dates? Do you therefore forfeit everything you've paid to the Definitely supplier? Definitely not. So, so lay-bys should st- specify you pay an amount up front and then you are obliged to pay um, a certain amount however many months until the item is then paid up and at which point they become you you take possession of them um but uh what often happens is the consumer um just fails to pay or decides they want to cancel and then the retailer says sorry okay well we're keeping your money absolutely illegal it was illegal even before the consumer protection act um what the what the act uh, now says is that whereas the cancellation penalty was 10 percent of the purchase price it's now only one percent hmm. which makes lay-by a most fabulous I, I actually think it's it's a little bit too consumer friendly to be honest um i thought 10 percent was fair but you can lay by something today for the middle of winter, right? Boots that you fancy, whatever. Three months, say, and you can decide on the third month, actually, in uh, second or third month, actually, you've seen a pair you prefer or a cheaper pair. You get your money back. Less, let's just say, for argument's sake, they cost a thousand rand. Mm. So less ten rand. Mm-hmm. It was giving mm-hmm. your payments back. Now they stuck with stock that they could have actually sold mm. in the lead up to winter. Now in the middle of winter, when most people have bought what they want, so it's very consumer friendly. And our Wonderful producer Amy shared with us a story off air about um, how she uses lay-by to buy her children's um, school uniform and stationery and all that, like sort of in, which is what I've been recommending for years. Well, recent years, mm. you buy you lay by November. You, you know the size that your children are likely to be, or whatever, and the books they're going to, the basic stationery they're going to need, pens and you know pads and whatever. And then you don't come January, you're not left with, you know, these huge, and there's no interest. You don't need the stuff earlier. So there's no um, FOMO and, you know, (laughs) instant gratification doesn't come in. (laughs) It's it's brilliant. And and labor has become so mainstream because so many people don't have access to credit. Mm. The credit records are wrecked. Um, and so, um, yeah, I really think the thing is you must check that, that um, companies are doing it properly because it's, it's a big risk for them. But if they do it, you know, and it's a risk if somebody cancels, they, they eventually have to give all the money back. But if they do it, the point is, as with the, the gift vouchers, they have to do it legally. Yeah. They can't say, all right, you didn't pay now, we're cancelling it and we're keeping and all we your forfeit, money. Yeah, you forfeit all, the, all your money. Okay, uh, Geraldine's on the line from Deep River. Geraldine, you've got a query about an insurance claim. Yes, hi. Um, Wendy, I wonder if you can help me, please. I hope I can. Uh, 
<laughs> we had a water leak, a burst pipe in one of our uh, bath- walls in our bathroom. And the insurance company came out. They actually sent a leak detector out. And they detected a leak in the bathroom wall, um, which they then chipped away all the tiles for that leak. And they let the, left the wall open because they said that the mortar had, uh, the plaster and that had to dry before they could retile it. And, um, but there was continuously damp, continuous dampness there. So I, contacted the insurance company again and I said to them there has to be a problem there must still be a leak in the wall and the leak detectors told me that they only allowed to detect for one leak at a time so you might have a couple of leaks in that pipe in your wall but you are only allowed to they only allowed to detect for one leak at a time which is ridiculous <laughs> because it's another call out and another leak detection and Struisbop, they found another leak in the wall. They had to chop away more of that wall and go into the corner as well, into a second wall, um, to get to that leak. And they fixed it. But in the meantime, all this delay, instead of just fixing it first up, the leak had um, penetrated the wall and the paint on the outside of the wall in the passage started bubbling and falling off. The study, the whole wall became moldy. All the paint was bubbling and falling off the study wall, the adjacent wall, and it caused an absolute mess in the home. Um, And then it seeped under the tiles, the floor tiles, and into my daughter's bedroom, which made the, the walls bubble there as well, and all the paint fell off, and all the skirting boards are rotting. And the insurance company told the carpenter... He must just go back to my home, to the study, and um, he must just put the cupboards, fixed cupboards, back on the wall without repairing the mold on the wall, without scraping all the paint off. So I refused to allow the carpenters to put the cupboards back onto the walls, which the the paintwork and all the plaster was falling off the walls. Now the insurance company will only pay for the tiling of one wall in the bathroom, but we can't match the tiles up. So we're having an argument with the insurance company. Surely they, we can't match the tiles. You can't have brown tiles on one wall in the bathroom yes. and the other all white. The whole point of insurance, Geraldine, is to put you back in the position that you were before as close as yes. possible if, if the event was an insured event, if what happened. So clearly... Um, this is your homeowner's insurance, right? Through Yeah, Absa Insure. We've bank. been with them for about six or seven years. Is this your first claimed. claim? Okay. So um, sometimes, you know, these claims, they, the assessors do try um, to serve the needs of their uh, client and, and keep the costs uh, down. But I think the best thing you can do is document everything with a lot of really uh, sharp photographs Um Send a complaint in. If you're still 
getting nowhere. So I'm saying my, the, my most important advice is to document and document well in meticulous detail. If you, you know, you, the, the, the photos will point out the lunacy of the decision that has been made thus far. If they're still um, not willing to um, deal with the claim in an appropriate manner, um, you're welcome to email me with those photos and, and whatever correspondence you've had, and I'll see if I um, can... Uh, make some difference to the situation. Uh, apparently, everybody should know this, that um, it's in your insurance policy. If there's one wall that is uh, needs to be retiled and you can't match the tiles up in your, in your bathroom or your kitchen, it's tough luck. They, only, they, they will only tile that section of wall with some other tiles. That's what they will cover. That's, that is that's that is quite yeah. common, which is why well, the person that does your tiling job should always leave you with a box for that yes. sort of eventuality. But you can sort of understand from the insurer's part that there has to be a limit to that. Uh, you know, they're making good in terms of you know they could end up redoing the whole house, which wouldn't be fair to them either. So there's a there's a balance of fairness there that needs to be considered. But certainly, wanting to put cupboards back on on flaking moldy walls doesn't uh, is is, is sounds um, like there's something very wrong with that decision. So let's have a look at that aspect of it. Geraldine, hope that works out for you. have got time for one more call. Uh, David's on the line from uh, Rondebosch. Uh, you've got a bit of an issue with uh, having left things in a hired car, I understand. Oh, dear. No, Wendy, it's David Platzer, and I suspect <laughs> I might know answer this question. How are you, all, darling? Uh, fine, how are well. you, David? Yeah, good. I'm very well, thank you. Wendy, what do you think the remedy is? Somebody hires a car. Yes. Apart from the complete lunacy and idiocy of leaving an expensive computer and a set of headphones with 8,000 rand in the car, they leave it in the car when they drop it off, and there is no rehiring the car. They go almost immediately back, but the headphones are missing. Oh, and the other bit, the computer's there. The computer's there, but remember, the computer's traceable. So the headphones are gone. Do you think you have a remedy at all against the company from whom you hired the car? Well, it comes down to proof, David, as you know better than me. I, I think that's easy to prove. I think, I think, yeah. How would you prove that you had the headphones and the phone, if you have, unless you had photos or something like that? Well, they had, they they go together. Number one, uh, and number number two, the 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 when they went back for them, they immediately returned the computer. Oh, I see. Then I would definitely push for it, yes, because they're relying on the person just sort of saying, well, okay, fine, I've got the computer back. But um, yeah. companies are are um, responsible for the actions of their employees. And if there's, on a balance of probabilities, a clear case that someone had just helped themselves to it, I think there would there would certainly be some merit in pushing back. Um, and um, produce, if you've got an invoice for the for headphones, et cetera, et cetera, I would, I would certainly push that yeah. case. Wendy, yes. one last thing. We've, uh, David, I wish, we, I wish we had time, David, but I'm afraid I'll we don't. Call, I'm, David. I'm so sorry. Take, you're, you're gonna, you'll have to take it off air, friends. Uh, I'm afraid. Will. I'm so sorry because <laughs> uh, we fast ran out of time, but thanks uh, thanks for your call so much. Uh, don't forget that uh, if you have a consumer issue that you'd like, Wendy, to uh, to deal with or to assist with, you can drop an email to consumer at nola.coza. Uh, make sure that you put Cape Talk in the subject line and a word or two to tag the topic. Wendy, thank you so much. We'll thank be back you, with Pippa next week, of yes. course. Uh, but now with the time at two o'clock, let's cross to the Eyewitness News.